You're listening to the best of the day. I say you the, you the best. Halford and Bruff. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Even there, he was a little polarizing. You know, the city was still split on him, and I'm kind of sitting here being like, it's Roberto freaking Luongo. Like, what, what's there to like be unsure about? Well, we didn't score runs. Can't win without scoring runs. I actually thought well, we, we actually played well. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Every two hours, I wake up and cry and <laughs> go to the bathroom. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. It is Halford, it is Bruff, it is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by everythingfinancial.com. Financial freedom awaits. Book your introductory meeting today. Visit them online at everythingfinancial.com. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. It is an important, profound Friday. Not only because it leads into a long weekend. Am I right, fellas? Long weekend time. Except for us. We're going to be on the air at 7 o'clock on Monday morning. Right. But this is also Thanksgiving weekend. This is also maybe... The best sports weekend in the history of the world. <laughs> or the Canucks in the Stanley Cup final this I weekend? I don't want to oversell it, <laughs> but in the history of the universe, this may be the best sports weekend ever. The greatest sports weekend of all time? They will never get any better than this. On Monday, you should just be resigned to the fact that your life will never be as good as it was over the last 72 hours. Before I get into what's happening on the program today, just think about what's afoot. Yes, afoot, everybody. Tonight, CFL action. Weird way to lead it, but we're going chronologically here. Bombers. It's not a weird way to lead it. Bombers. Lions. Biggest game at BC Place since? I don't even know. Well, biggest regular season game at BC Place in I I don't know how long. Don't I mean, even know. They had a playoff game there last year. But There's going to be 900,000 people there tonight. This actually, this actually feels bigger than the playoff game. In, in some ways, which I is a agree. weird way to way to say it, because it might, if they win it, it might be almost like a playoff game in that they don't even have to play one in the first round because they get a first round bye. Um, Winnipeg and BC, everyone knows that the trip to the Grey Cup is going to go through one of these places. That's right. And if BC wins tonight, there's a very good chance it goes through BC. So... Hundreds of thousands of people descending on downtown Vancouver tonight because the Lions are playing at BC Place in a huge game against the Bombers. I heard there's going to be 94,000 people there. Give or take. It's a lot because mm-hmm. it's going to be hard Can- to get a hot dog. The Vancouver Canucks are also playing tonight downtown Rogers Arena, 7 o'clock, the preseason finale against the Calgary Flames. What else is going on this weekend, you may be asking? Saturday, not one, not two, not three, but four MLB playoff games. The divisional series all get underway. Later Saturday night, huge game for the Vancouver Whitecaps. They're in Seattle to take on their Cascadia rivals. 
No Seahawks on Sunday, but that's okay. Great slate of games in the NFL. Capped off with the Sunday nighter between the 49ers and the Cowboys. Locally, the Raptors are going to have a preseason game right here in Vancouver against Sacramento. There's a rugby game that we need to pay attention to. Can you tell me more about this? (laughs) Why don't you leave with that? (laughs) It's on on Saturday. It's Scotland and Ireland, a couple of Six Nation uh, countries who uh, I guess Scotland's kind of got a chance, there's bonus points involved, uh, of beating Ireland and eliminating Ireland even ahead of the quarterfinals. But, uh, yeah, it's one of the bigger games of the group stage of the Rugby World Cup, which is, yes, still going on. Still in the group stage, is it? I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm just going to say this. Uh, I rarely say this, but I wish the weather was going to be crappier. I know it's too nice. Too nice. I mean, we can have the like the windows open and stuff, and you know, (laughs) when I'm I am outside, the windows are open. When I'm on my ninth hour (laughs) of consecutive sports watching, I don't want daylight. I don't want anything to remind me about what I've done with my life over the previous nine hours. Also, apologies to everyone involved in my Thanksgiving dinner because I'm going to be paying zero attention to anything other than the food. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Thanksgiving dinner during like a really good Sunday night football matchup. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make a pivot right from the food, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take my plate into the viewing ra- lounge, and I'm going to watch the game. Who are you going to cheer for? Niners, Cowboys. Just, I hate both y- those I'm going to cheer for not having to spend any time with significant others. Yeah. I say, thank you, NFL. Thank you. I hate you, these teams, but I appreciate that you're taking me away from these people over yeah. here. Thank you for no small talk with my aunt. Take the entire turkey into another room by yourself. Yeah, this is mine now. So, man, who do we have to talk to today about all the great things that are happening this weekend? All the teams involved this weekend. Who are we starting with? Freddie Henderson, ESPN's NFL Nation Seahawks insider. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about their bye week. We'll look ahead to that bye week that's coming up. They're actually right in the middle of their bye week. We talk to Brady every week. We have to maintain consistency. Brady's a big rugby guy, though, so you can talk to him about that. Yeah. I guarantee you he's not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, we're going to ask him about the Lions and Bombers. He's going to be like, what league is that? we'll talk to someone who may, I stress the word may, have more information on the Lions-Bombers game. Bob the Moj Marjanovic is going to join us. He's going to preview tonight's big tilt. Uh, We'll also look ahead to some of the NFL action on the weekend with Moj at 7.30. 8 o'clock, Rick Dollywall is going to join the program. So Moj is going to preview the big Lions game, and then Dollywall is going to come on and talk about the Canucks ahead of their preseason finale. We're going to talk Lions with Dollywall, too. I was texting him yesterday. He said we're going to talk about Stan Smeal's departure, mm-hmm. uh, Cal Foot, the opportunities for him with him. Is he on waivers? He yeah, he was on waivers. I don't, but I don't think that's going to work. Okay, with, put it this way: with he's his been waived. Coaching, okay. he's been waived. All right, so uh, I guess we'll probably find out after the show today. And I love this how Dolly Wall. <laughs> Dollywall sends me like bullet points of what we're going to talk about. Uh, One of them is Canucks working phones. Yeah, that <laughs> that's always right. like that's always like news for Dollywall. They're working the phones. Oh yeah, they. What are they trying to get the team improved? They're trying uh, to improve. Are you telling the me team. a week before the season they're trying to figure out? You, you're your telling roster? me with all these guys on waivers and the issues that they've got on defense and with McCabe's injury and the fact that none of their young players have really stepped up to cement their roles on the team, the Canucks are actually calling other teams. In Rick's world, we still exist where there's 18 landlines in front. Like he's running, a, <laughs> like he's running a telethon. Oh, they're all rotary phones. Yeah, sparks, yeah. Sparks flying. Yeah, and there's some they've got one of those things on on the on the uh, the phone that like allows you to cradle it 
in your shoulder yeah. while yeah, the shoulder ear cut. Yeah. 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 along the wire, boys. Yeah. Uh, so also what we're doing. 1984 Wall Street. What, yeah. we're, what we're doing on the show today also, we're giving away not one, but two, two pairs of GNR tickets, guns and roses. Uh, that is on October 16th at BC Place. We're going to give away one to the best what we learned and the other pair of tickets uh, to the best Ask Us Anything. It is Ask Us Anything Friday on the program. Dunbar Lumber text line is 65650. Um, a rose emoji needs to be included into your what we learned or Ask Us Anything in order to be entered into the grand prize draw. We're going to do NFL Locks of the Week today as well. And I mentioned it already, but I'll reiterate it. It's Ask Us Anything Friday. If you want to ask us about anything the last hour of this show pretty much goes off the rails on a Friday. One, because we have to talk to Dolly Wall. And two, because we usually have to answer a bunch of questions that have nothing to do with sports. Alienating a large chunk of our listenership, but that's what keeps you popular, folks, is you alienate the ones that like you. That's the key. Uh, okay, so that's the show today. Without any further ado, Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... What happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. There were some significant developments in the world of the National Football League yesterday, but we're going to start local and start with the Vancouver Canucks, who announced yesterday that the team's former, I say former, vice president of hockey operations, Stan Smeal, is transitioning out of a day-to-day role and will now begin to serve the club in more of an ambassador role moving forward. Yeah, Steamer's 65, so it makes sense that he wants to pull back on his day-to-day duties uh again he's still going to be involved in an ambassador role so it's not like he's fully retiring from the team but i think he's retiring from working day to day which you know i don't blame him yeah his uh, new role will I now can't s- wait till i retire it's, it's gonna be amazing then you can transition into a role with community and business ambassadorship that's mm-hmm. what he's going to be doing. I don't think the Canucks will hire me to do that. He's also going to help. Out, I'll be out on the road in the community. I'll be like, these guys, man, I don't know. He, well, he's stink. Who's he's, that old angry guy in the corner? Yeah. Oh, he's our ambassador. Yeah. He, the Canucks for Kids Fund. Here's hey, Jason Brown. come watch these guys? What? So, Smeal had served in that vice president's role for not a long time. It was 2021. There was also that brief dalliance as the club's general manager. He was excellent. That? Yeah, yeah. Three days of unbelievable, error-free general managing from mm-hmm. Stan Smeal. He'll always be remembered for that. But this is a guy that spent 40 years of his professional life in the organization, either as a player, as a scout. He worked as an advisor to Jim Benning. He'd been around for a long time. And, uh, it, it, you know, we were mostly passing this along just as sort of perfunctory. Like, it's, it, there's nothing really to dive too deep into here. It's a guy that's 65 years old, and he's moving on to the next chapter of his career. But you did say, and this is good, I hope the players take a little bit of time to recognize and reflect on why Smeal was so beloved and respected in this market. Yeah, it was Smeal was a heart and soul guy. You hear that phrase thrown around a lot. Um, and frankly, this is a team that needs all the heart and soul it can get. Um, I think the interesting thing about Stan Smeal, he, he grew up in Alberta. Uh, and then he came to BC to play for the new Westminster Bruins, where he was a legend there. Um, and then he just never left BC because he was right to the Canucks, drafted to the Canucks. And he was, you know, yesterday how um, we're talking about Ryan Gold and how they're trying to brand him as the working class MVP. Yes. 
he was the working class MVP of the Vancouver Canucks, and that's why his number is retired. And that's why, you know, some people might come into this rank, or maybe you're a little bit younger and you're like, why is Stan Smeal's number retired? Mm-hmm. Um, he was very loyal and very committed to a franchise that, frankly, um, was not all that great a lot of the time, but he was loyal. And he was a guy that he would go out there, and this was in junior and the NHL, would put up respectable offensive numbers and have 200 penalty minutes too. And he's right. like, well, why didn't he score 50 goals? It was like, he's in the penalty box for like 10 games combined, yeah. right? Like, it's hard it was, when you're in there for Yeah, time. yeah, right? And he was just a guy that kind of epitomized that uh, Stanley Cup run that the Canucks did make in 1982 uh, it was a Cinderella run. It was a true Cinderella run. Yes, they had to rely on some massive upsets in some other series, the Kings beating the Oilers, but it was a Canucks team that just came together and basically worked hard their way, you know, worked their way to the Stanley Cup final where, you know, they came up against a, a dynasty New York Islanders team that fairly easily took care of them, save for game one where the Canucks had a chance. But Stan Smeal then stuck with the organization And when the Canucks were going through all that stuff last season and the, the, the team was just like, it was lost. Mm -hmm. Stan Smeal for a few days did provide some direction and you could tell that Stan Smeal was like a lot of fans in that he was sitting there going like, we've got to bring back the importance of playing for this Canucks logo for sure playing for this team and playing for this city. And the message that he had for the players, which he then passed along to all of us, was like, guys, like, be hard to play against. Like, have some have some pride in the jersey that you wear. And I think heading into this season, that's a message that needs to be remembered and put into action. And I think this is this is why we're talking about, you know, Rick Tockett coming in there and empowering this leadership group. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a lot of fluff, right? And you know what? It might be fluff if the players don't take it seriously. Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, those are the leaders of the team. And I think they should take some time to reflect on the guys that came before them and the ones that were loyal to the organization, the ones that worked the ones that sacrificed their own bodies, sacrificed for their teammates and the city because that's what Stan Smeal did. Uh, Speaking of the Vancouver Canucks, Thursday was a day off for the club, but it didn't mean it was day off for business. Uh, They sent a handful of players down to AHL Abbotsford, uh, many of whom appeared in the club's most recent NHL preseason game in Abbotsford. So it looks as though if you want to piece things together, that the Canucks will field a far more NHL-ready lineup tonight when they take on the Flames 7 o'clock from Rogers Arena in their preseason finale. Yeah, this will probably be the, the similar to the lineup uh, that they had against the Edmonton Oilers in Game 4 of their preseason, which they won. They didn't start out so well, but their final two periods, they really dominated an Edmonton team that, yes, didn't have McDavid and Dreisaitl, but the Canucks were deserved winners on the night. So questions to ask for tonight, um, if Hughes plays, and I expect him to play, who will he be paired with? Probably Cole McWard. But 
I do find it interesting that Noah Juleson has been with the team. Like, he hasn't been sent down. So I'm wondering if maybe Juleson somehow gets into the lineup and they go, let's see how it goes with McWard, and if it's not going so well, maybe we give Juleson another spin. Maybe well, that doesn't happen. I don't know. They might just be keeping Juleson up there just, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe he'll be one of the seventh or eighth defensemen, but the Canucks have to cut one defenseman if everyone stays healthy. Mm-hmm. So the three extras have been Brisebois, Wolanin, and Juleson. Juleson was not good in that 10 nothing loss to the Calgary Flames. But you know what? Wolanin hasn't been very good either. So I was listening to Satya Shar and Bik Nazar talk about uh, on the pregame show ahead of the game in Abbotsford, actually. And they were talking about roster construction and what this might look like with a 23-man roster, assuming that the Canucks will carry the full 23. I mean, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. It's not like they're that close to the cap ceiling. There would be an argument to be made that you would go 13 forwards, 8 defensemen, and two goalies. That's 23, right? So if you're talking about eight defensemen, one, you're really leaning into that notion of defending by committee because you've got a pool of eight to play six. I guess you could dress seven. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's not really all that shocking that Juleson and Brisebois and Willannon are all still sticking around because all of them might end up being a part of this or two of the three might end up being a part of this in the early stages of the year. Mm-hmm. Like You got to remember when you talk about Defense by committee. I don't think Rick Talkett is just discussing the six guys that'll be massaged and manipulated around the pairings. Yeah, like the I think guys two will be might coming, play a role. I think guys yeah. might be coming in and out of the lineup mm-hmm. because you know it might be hard to bank on Cole McWard to carry the mail. Like I could see McWard maybe being an opening night starter, and if it doesn't go well, quickly being out of the lineup, or maybe this the season gets hard for him. Right, right. like a lot of inexperienced NHL players, it does. Um, the other question that I'll be curious about is who's going to skate with Petey and Kuzmenko. Now, I'm assuming that Petey's going to play. Um, he missed a few practices, didn't play in Abbotsford, apparently was under the weather, uh, didn't want to talk about it. So unlike Petey, doesn't want to talk about it. I don't blame him. Whatever. Who wants to talk about getting sick? Mm. Uh, assuming Petey is ready to go uh, and Kuzmenko is going to be on one of his wings, the candidates, I think the favorite is Beauvillier to start the season there, but I guess Hoaglander is a candidate. Yes. I think Hoaglander I think Hoaglander is the top candidate to be the thirteenth forward. As in he's going to stay with the team, but he's not going to play regularly. That seems how it's gonna shake out. I mean Because they don't want to put him on waivers, right? Yeah, and I suppose something could change in the preseason finale. But here's the thing like if a fundamentally if a decision is fundamentally altered with one final preseason game, you got to really wonder about the makeup of this team. Like, I think that by this stage of the game, you should have most of the wrinkles ironed out with regards to roster construction. Yeah, there might be one here or there, but everything should be pretty much set. Mm-hmm. Like, I well, Villain in that spot makes sense. Yeah, that's right? the thing. I it mean, just yeah, makes like, sense. uh, Hoaglander could go out tonight and play with his hair on fire and have a hat trick, but it shouldn't fundamentally alter a decision mm-hmm. because it's one preseason game. At the end of the day, uh, I do want to get to some NFL talk before we go to break. Some sad news to pass along that Dick Buckus, uh, Chicago Bears legend, like maybe the most iconic bear of all time. And please don't yell at me. Okay, I know there's lots of iconic Chicago Bears. What about sweetness? Gail Sayers, I get it. There's all of them. Okay, but Dick Buckus, one of the most iconic Bears players of what all about time. What about Sexy Rexy? And a pro football Hall of Famer passed away at the age of 80 on Thursday night. The Chicago Bears announced. Um 
He made the Pro Bowl in eight of his nine years in the NFL, and his career was cut short due to a chronic knee injury. He retired at the age of 31. And then, what a unique career, because the second chapter of Dip... Dick Buckus's life really began then mm-hmm. because he made that crossover into pop culture. He was yeah. a star in television and film. He was in The Longest Yard. I was trying to explain to Andy, who, by the way, had oh, no idea who Dick Buckus was. Nope. Not so a we'll, clue. So we'll add Dick that. Buckus. Why don't we have a list of old athletes? Not that, old. A-dogs. Very prominent Athletes. No, 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 but the, the, the iconic athletes. But they're like iconic a, athletes. That's a good iconic athletes that A Dog never heard of. That's uh, like at least a six hour segment. We started with uh, John McEnroe. Still blows my mind. Yeah. And and there was no chance he knew who Bjorn Borg was. No. Uh, now we'll add Dick Butkus. Um, it's funny. Like, I mean, you and I never watched him in games. You and I. Um, we're like, hey, it's the Miller Lite commercial with Dick Buckus, or like he he would take in. He, he was almost like it's funny because he was a he was almost like a character actor. Oh yeah, do you know what I mean? And yet he was a celebrity. He would show up in MacGyver. Yep, right, like he MacGyver, which used to be filmed here. Yeah, and he'd be like, oh, I was like, eh, Dick Buckus. He was in My Two Dads, great TV sitcom. Hang Time. He was a basketball coach. What a reach for him, mm. going from a football player to a basketball. Have coach. you ever seen what range? Have you ever seen video of him playing? He was terrifying. Like he mm. wouldn't be like now. He's probably like undersized or whatever, or just like you know a no- normal linebacker sized. He was a monster out there. And mm-hmm. if you go onto YouTube and you just Google up, uh, you know, like Dick Buckus highlights. You can see how there's there's like video of him like chasing down. I think it was like Joe Namath, and you're like, oh my god, you're gonna kill him. Well, there was right, the, and the, he was yeah. like, he was kind of like, uh, st- stick with me on this analogy as I force hockey in there. Here we go, Gordy Howe. Because you know how we talk about Gordy Howe, and it's like <laughs> he was a real violent guy. He mm-hmm. would he would break your nose, and 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 then we kind of chuckle about it. We don't call him like dirty because it was kind of the times. Like that's how you played back then. Dick Buckus was like that. He would he would. There were stories of him biting guys at in a pile, like in a pile of football. And if you're if you're ever in a pile of guys, you know don't bite them. Good advice. It's good, good advice, advice, right? If you're Sage ever in a advice. pile of guys, don't bite them. Don't bite them because yeah. some of them might get angry. Well, yeah. You need them to get off. Yeah, nothing gets through quicker than a bite. The, the most famous, the best quote that Dick Buckus <laughs> ever delivered was, "When I played pro football, I never set out to hurt anyone deliberately, unless it was, you know, important like a league game." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that's what I did though. The first thing I was like, bro, as soon as he started ridiculing me, I went on YouTube and watched all these old Dick Butkus highlights, which is by the way, still an amazing name. It's an incredible yeah. name. One of the best names ever. And mm-hmm. as, as soon as I did that, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh my God, this guy is terrifying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely terrifying. So big. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. oh my God. Couldn't even imagine having that guy chase me Can you imagine? Fight. You're like him chasing you down and I retire, like, I retire, I retire. all your teammates <laughs> aren't big enough to block him. Yeah. What do you do? So in honor of Dick Buckus, his former team, the Chicago Bears, went out and won their first football game of the year last night. A 40-20 win in Washington at FedEx Field over the Washington Commanders. I did not realize this. That was the first time that the Chicago Bears won a football game in 347 days. It snapped a 14-game losing streak, which dated all the way back 
to last season. Mm-hmm. The, the last time the Chicago Bears won a game prior to last night was October 24th, 2022. Crazy. For a storied franchise with the amount of players and the amount of talent and the amount of history that they have, for them to go through that kind of losing streak. Is Justin Fields coming around? Yeah, he had another so great game two last straight, night. Two straight good games. Uh, I mean, he made... We all know, like he made <laughs> some mistakes in the Broncos game, but he sure he sure didn't last night. He was great. Um, he threw for four touchdowns. The thing that he needed was a weapon in the receiving group. He's got it, in DJ. Yeah, and he doesn't. He didn't have it in Chase Claypool, and that mm-hmm. was a big reason why they went out and got Chase Claypool originally. Was this mm-hmm. is going to be a guy that you can grow with because he was relatively young. They found it in DJ Moore. DJ Moore. They connected for two hundred and thirty yards, eight passes. From fields, two more, 230 yards. It was just, it was a show that they put on. It was great. I love how the Commanders fans, too, were like, we're so happy to go into the game. We're so happy. We're still happy. Like, we got a half-decent team here. Our, our terrible owner is gone. We got this new owner. And then, like, in the first quarter, they were booing. They got booed They're off. They're like, this feels yeah. familiar. Well, they got booed off the field at halftime because they were down huge. It was 27-3 to at halftime. Yeah. He actually, I give them a bit of credit for getting back into that game because they made it a one-score game mm-hmm. in the third quarter. But then Fields came out and continued to put the boots to him offensively. So good on the Bears on a tough day for the organization. Uh, a 40-20 to 20 victory at FedEx. And that kind of wrapped up the night as it was. It was a quiet night in sports, actually, on Thursday night because there was no baseball. And there was just a handful, a smattering, if you will, of NHL preseason games. We can kind of do a quarter poll reset for a team that is three and 3-1. But if you t- listen to Pete Carroll... He's still he's still upset yeah. about that first ham in the uh, first ham. It was first, a ham. First half. I got uh, Thanksgiving dinner on the mind. Mm. First ham. No, it was the first half. And then there's the second ham. And the second the third ham. ham. Rum ham. Of the uh, Rams game, right? That's what you're talking about? Week first, one. The first half of the Rams game where they had a chance. And they really could have had a chance to go 4-0 over mm-hmm. the first four I games know. of the year. They could be 4-0 right now going into their bye, but they are not. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. I say you the you the best. Halford and Bruff. <laughs> Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. In a one on a Friday, sweet, sweet Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today we are in hour three of the program. It is time for Rick Dollywall. Hour one, or sorry, hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. To the phone lines we go from the Donnie and Dolly show on Czech TV. Canucks insider Rick Dollywall here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Rick. How are you? Gentlemen, couldn't be better. Always a pleasure. Are you going to the Lions game tonight? Yes, I'm going. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to the Lions game today. Are you excited about the Lions game? 
I am very excited about that. Uh, first of all, can I tell a Bruff story from last week at the Lions game? Please do. So he texts me in the third quarter, and he says, where are you? And I said, the Molson Coors Suite. He comes in two minutes later with a rum and coke. It was a crown and coke, buddy. It was crown a, and coke. Yeah, you got to read the room. It's a, 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 a Molson's. Yeah, you and then, can't walk and then some, in with hard stuff. And then someone gave me a Molson. It was great. I ended up with getting a bunch more drinks. If you if you go to the Save On Food Suite, are you walking in with a Safeway hat? I mean, you got to read the room, bruv. You got to. There was no hard stuff in there. I'm looking at the Molson reps, and they're going, "Hey, this guy's walking in with this. Not good. Not good." If you go to the Save On Suite, if it's a Save On Food Suite, with a Safeway hat, yeah. um, yes, are you walking that would in be with incredible. A hat? Uh, I'll walk in there. I'll Who be like, Safeway hat. I've always been a Safeway guy. Yeah, yeah but then you got to read the room. Brother. Yeah, well, hey. you know what? When you walk in there with a crown and coke, people try and uh, sell you to the other side. They're like, they're yeah. like no, you got to. Yeah, so I got free drinks out of it. In Bruff's defense, he was feeling no pain, and he was hiring a kite. So I'll let you get away with it. <laughs> okay, let's focus on those Vancouver. No, 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 no. Halford, Halford, we're starting with the Lions. Let me get this in. Sure, go for it. Are they working the phones? Yeah, yeah, just let, let me get this in. This is the biggest football game in this city since uh, the 2011 Great Cup when they beat the Blue Bombers at home. Both teams are 11-4. and four. The fact the Lions are in this position after losing their star quarterback to the NFL, pretty impressive. There's a real good buzz about this team. The upper deck's open tonight, and I'm going to tell you why. This owner's been great, Amar Doman. Great personality, does interviews. He's bucked up with the money, walks around home games, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all, taking pictures. He gets it. David Braley told me a hundred times before he sold the team, he said, I will only sell to an owner who loves the CFL and the BC Lions. Boy, did he get the right guy. The Great Cup's here next year, guys. The momentum that's been created by the Lions, pretty impressive. So uh, get out there, support this team. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Winnipeg, uh, I, both teams 11-4, guys. I'll be on my couch watching tonight, and uh, go Lions, go. I think they had 32,000 in Winnipeg for their last home game. I wonder if the Lions will be able to eclipse that tonight. Well, when you open the upper deck, what's the, what's the lower bowl? Uh, it's 27,000, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if you're opening up, if they can hit 30-31, but the big one for me, guys, is if they can get the Western final at right. home. Yep. Yeah, that's the, and you know what? I go back uh, and, uh, you know, the Western finals in the early 1980s, Cal Murphy, Don Matthews, 55,000, Roy DeWalt, Mervyn Fernandez. That was my, that was a wonderful time in this city for the Lions. I, I, I don't think they'll ever get back to that, but I think, you know what? If you get the Western final this year, no reason why they can't get 35, 40, 45 for that. So uh, let's see if they can carry the momentum tonight for the rest of this year and into the Great Cup next year. So, so you know yeah. what? Big crowd tonight at BC Place, obviously anticipated. It's going to be a busy night downtown because the Canucks cool. are going to be wrapping up the preseason next door at Rogers Arena. Before we get to the day-to-day of the Canucks, big picture stuff, uh, what did you learn, if anything, about yesterday's news that Stan Smeal will be transitioning out of his role as VP of Hockey Ops and into a more sort of like pseudo-retirement type thing. You know, Stan has put his heart and soul, everything he's got into this franchise for 45 years. And him transitioning, he's at the age of 65, and you know what? It's a good move for Stan. And you know what? When I look 
guys, nobody in this organization, and I love the Sedin twins, and I love Trevor Linden, but nobody's been a better ambassador for this franchise than Stan. He played for the crest on the jersey, didn't play for the name on the back, and no one's given more to this franchise than Stan, and he deserves every accolade. And if he thinks it's time to have a lesser role, then, then God bless him. You know, guys, Shmiel Gardine Fraser, that's my favorite line. Everybody knows my favorite team is the 82 Canucks. And also, I don't want you to forget the four years with the new S Bruins starting in 74. You know, he was in Bellingham, the Bruins farm team, and Punch called them up. They went to the Mem Cup four years. When you talk to Ernie Punch McLean about Shmiel, it's like a proud father talking about his son. It's time. He, he Stan would have thought about this for a long, long time. It's time to transition. He's 65, and you know what? If he wants to have a lesser role, I think he deserves it. I, I want to tell you something else. A great hockey family, the Schmeels. His brother Harvey, in my eyes, the best coach that ever coached in the BC Hockey League's history. His brother Dean coached the hometown team in St. Paul. In junior, I did a game in St. Paul in 94. I, I, I interviewed Dean and his father during an intermission. When I lost my job in this market, one of the first texts I got was from Stan Schmiel. He said, keep your chin up. That meant a lot. He had a good relationship with the media. He never fought with the media. He never did. Um, when 1040 went down, a lot of guys got texts uh, from Stan Schmiel as well. I just can't say enough uh, good things about this guy. And if he wants to transition, it's his right he has given, and no one has given more to one team in the NHL than Stan Schmiel has uh, to the Vancouver Canucks. It's very well said, Rick. We're speaking to Rick Dollywell here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, okay, I want to discuss the on-ice product yep. and the Vancouver Canucks defense by committee thing. Now, yep. I've theorized, opined, if you will, that this is yep. merely a placeholder that they're going to do to buy them time until Ethan Bear is what do you think of this theory, and what's the latest on Bear's recovery from sh shoulder surgery? Well, here's what I want to say. The Canucks are working the phones. Uh, they know they have to work. Uh, they, know, they know they have work to do on the roster, guys. And, I, you know, and Halford, you're on the right track. Uh, they, that's the reason they're working the phones. They, they've got work to do. Can they tinker uh, with the lineup ahead of the regular season opener? Can you find a right-shot defenseman through a trade or waivers? Where would the Canucks be? Let me ask you guys if they didn't sign Cole McWard last spring. Noah Juleson requires waivers to go to Abbotsford. Is he clear? I don't know. Eight teams called his agent in the summer when he was a UFA. And to answer your question, Halford, uh, the, the Canucks are still in the mix to land Ethan Bear. Last time I checked in with his agent this week. But he's not ready to play till December. So that, that puts him in a bit of a pickle if Ethan Bear's their guy, still eight, nine, ten weeks away. Look, I, I'm going to make this clear. They have to find Hughes a partner. They can't do this every training camp. They had the best partner in the world in Chris Tanner, but they let him go. They didn't even make him an offer. They were so screwed on the cap, they couldn't make him an offer. Tanner it, it wanted to stay in such a bad way. He had informed his agent, get it done in Vancouver, but they couldn't do it. So here's a franchise defenseman in Hughes. He deserves a full-time year-in, year-out partner. But they're in this position, guys. Let, let's be honest, because they haven't developed a right-shot defenseman in 15 years. Mm -hmm. You know, 15 years. I, I, go back. Go look at the draft record of defensemen in the last 10, 15 years. They're in this pickle today because they haven't, de they haven't developed a right-shot defenseman in 15 years. Is there anyone out there that would that they could get – 
that was going that's going to give them like a meaningful upgrade on either Cole McWard or Noah Juleson, who played with Quinn Hughes a few games last season, because you'd be asking a lot yeah. to bring in a guy and be like, okay, you're on the first pair. You haven't had training camp with the team. That's We've it. been doing a lot of system stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our first two games are against McDavid and Drysaddle. Good luck. Yeah, and, and and look at the waiver wire guys. The Canucks didn't pick up uh, who's the Docker guy in Ottawa. Everyone was uh, Docker, Jacob Docker. Bernard Docker. Yeah, yeah, that guy, uh, right shot. They didn't pick him up. You know, maybe they got their eyes on someone. Um, there are teams that might go into the regular season with eight defensemen on their roster. They who they like and who they don't like. I I we we don't know. Hey, check who the Penguins got on the waivers, guys. I mean, you know, all roads always lead to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, the, you know, so check who the Penguins got on. Well, they had Ty Smith on, and the Canucks didn't take him. So there's been some good defensemen on waivers. They haven't taken him. Maybe they got something cooking, a trade, or maybe uh, they'll wait a week uh, to, to grab someone on um, uh, on, waive, on on waivers. But I was told they're working the phones. They know they got work to do on the roster, and can they tinker before the regular season opener? Uh, keep and this weekend's the big one, guys, because Saturday morning the Canucks got to make their final cuts after the Calgary game tonight, so tomorrow morning. So we'll have a better idea where they sit and who stays and who goes to Abbotsford. So Rick, the Canucks have one preseason game left. They yep. open the season on Wednesday. How are you feeling about the team? Well, one win. I mean, we always talk about um, get off to a good start, a lot of positivity with wins. I Look, I, I've been impressed with the PK. I've been impressed with the goaltending. I think Casey DeSmith and Demko have been great. Let's not count the first game, 10 nothing. Let's just forget about that was a massacre. But I, I've been happy with the PK, the goaltending. The goal scoring's an issue. Hoaglander, um, to me, zero points in four games. That, you know... That's a that's a bit dis, uh, that's a bit concerning because you know you were sent to Abbotsford last year you worked out with Pedersen all summer long we saw the pictures we saw all the Facebook stuff and then you come into camp and you have this opportunity you started in the top six now you're in the bottom six you have this opportunity to go out and grab a spot a uh, Bouvillier that's another guy uh, <laughs> Taylor's laughing at me there's a, that's another guy that you know I was hoping. No, no, Taylor's making fun of me. Listen, that's another guy, Bouvillier, that I was expecting. He's in the final year of his contract. Um, that's another guy I was hoping this uh, this preseason would light it up. I was hoping Hoaglander would. I'm a little concerned about the offense. I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. uh, but that's two guys right there that I expected a whole lot more from offensively, and I did. I'm not seeing it. I was going to say, it, can you think of a guy that comes to mind immediately, one of the younger guys, one of the guys looking to take advantage of these opportunities that's really taken advantage of the opportunity? Yeah, one guy is Archdeep yeah, Baines. Yeah, right, that's yeah, it, right? Yeah, that's it. That that guy, I'm going to tell you something about Archdeep Baines. He's put himself in a position um, – to uh, get called up this year, and simply for two reasons, he, he he's not giving you much offense. Okay, I get that, but he's a very smart player. He's going to the greasy areas of the ice. He's hard to play against, and I think he the organize. When I asked about Archie Baines uh, with the organization, I got back uh, like him a lot. Uh, he's his development. You look at a kid like Tristan Nielsen last year. He signed his first NHL contract. He never got in a preseason game, guys. Like I I'm I don't understand why he didn't get any. Not even one preseason. Game. Game and yet our Steve Baines, 
he seems to be the one kid that whose development has gone uh, through the roof in, in one year. He had to change guys. He led the Western Hockey League in scoring two years ago, and now he's uh, he's he's building himself up to be a good bottom six guy. Hey, guy, can, can I get the Cal foot thing in, guys? Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Okay, so a lot of I don't know your text line. Our text line blows up with uh, Cal foot, Cal foot, get Cal foot. Okay, so let me tell you something. When Cal foot was a UFA in the summer. I was told it's not a fit in Vancouver because it can be an awkward situation for Cal with his dad being a coach in Vancouver. It's the same reason, guys, why the Canucks didn't claim him yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was on waivers. The Canucks do like Foot. Right shot, 6'5", 200-plus pounds, former first-round pick. Um, Foot's agent is Kurt Overhart. Okay, pretty powerful guy, right? He knows this market. You know why he knows this market? Because he represented Ryan Kessler and Kevin Bieksa. He knows the city. He knows the media. He knows the fans. You see it in minor hockey with dads coaching their kids. Now you see it in junior hockey with dads buying teams to get their kids on the team. It always puts the kid in an awkward situation, especially if that kid is average or below average in minor hockey or junior. It causes problems. At the end of the day, it's a smart play by the agent, and I totally understand why the Canucks were basically, they like them, but they were basically, hey, well, as a UFA, they were basically told, no. It's not well, there, there already were bad optics in Kelowna, right? With yeah, yeah. foot coaching. It wasn't Cal, it was his other son, it right? Nolan. It was his other son, Nolan, yeah. I think. And mm-hmm. so it, it's just, a, and, and look, guys, Canucks had too many tire fires away, you know, Rachel Dory last year and the, the Boudreaux incident. If you can eliminate those and just concentrate on hockey this year, I think that's what they want to do. The, the, the potential for problems is there. You know, and I think it's a smart play by the agent, Kurt Overhart, and I think he thought it out, but he told me in the summer. word, And that's why the Canucks did not claim him on waivers yesterday. Rick, it's always fun on a Friday, bud. Thanks a lot for doing this. As always, we really enjoy it. Enjoy the weekend. This is a pretty awesome sports hey, weekend coming up. Oh, what? Uh, one last thing for yes, you. Go. Last two weeks, uh, when I hang up, you guys ripped me for about a minute, minute and a half. Yeah, we last ripped you weeks. before this time. Yeah. No, nah, you guys were ripping me because I yell and scream. You guys, if you're going to rip me, rip me while I'm on the air. Not I hang up, and then I get five texts. Uh, Bruff and Ruff were ripping you. You guys got to do it while I got me on the phone. Don't rip me when I, I, I hang up. Why do you shout all the time? <laughs> it's in the blood. It, it, you love your job. It's in the blood. You love your job. I've been blessed. Thirty, uh, Donnie, uh, over 40 years. Me, over 30 years. When you love your job, nothing. Hey, hey, listen, let me give you guys a quote. Nothing in this world was built without enthusiasm and passion. Take that. See you later. The, uh, the patented dolly wall hang-up. Oh, I was no, say, there was no clunk. I was hoping for the clunk. I was going to say, uh, Rick, it's very hard to say any of this stuff to your face when you continually hang up on us. But anyway, that's Rick Dollywall. Then he hung up on you. And he did it. It's the patented Dolly hang-up. Uh, Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Check TV here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. We should all- we do some Ask Us Anythings? We should. We've got a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, a reminder, just a quick reset here as we try and keep it on the rails on a Friday where it usually goes off them. The Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. It's Ask Us Anything Friday. We're also doing what we learned. I don't know if we're actually going to do any of ours today Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of submissions. The reason there's a lot of submissions is because we're giving away a pair of tickets to see Guns N' Roses on October 16th at BC Place. We will give them one pair of tickets to the best what we learned, one pair of tickets to the best Ask Us Anything. Mm -hmm. Hashtag it WWL or AUA. And the important part, put a rose emoji into the text to be entered into the grand prize draw. Jason? Ask us anything from Paul in Peterborough. If you were John Schneider, 
would you have nixed the pitching change devised by Atkins and the Khakis nice. with your job on the line? Well, um, okay. I, I like the name if, Atkins and the Khakis. That's a good one. I wonder if he. I wonder if he could have had some sort of communication with those guys, like, <laughs> like secretly go and text them, like, "Are you guys sure?" Pitchcom like, still for doing the executives. Like, are we, we we're go. still sticking to this plan. This seems crazy. Have you seen those guys dealing out there? Put it this way: If Schneider went against the plan or the wishes of Ross Atkins and the Khakis, which is a very clever way of alluding to their analytics department. I would suggest that he's going to be fired, whether it works out or not, because the trust is and broken. Would he, and would he ever get a job again? Right, because the if trust he turned is broken on his point. bosses. Right, yeah. like you, it's a team approach, yeah. and and that's why I think um, you know there should be a thorough review of whether the guys right at the top of the team are the right guys to lead the team going forward. I think what you have to understand is that they made this decision before the game. And that is probably the root problem in all of this is that you're trying to have a preordained result in a sporting event that is largely, and oftentimes I mean largely, defined by luck or a Matt Chapman hit being a foot foul when it could have been a foot fair, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A Matt Chapman home run that goes out in 12 MLB ballparks, but not target field in Minnesota. Like, it seems very crazy to me that you're going to try and orchestrate a series of events in a sport that is so random. That's all. Uh, ask us anything from Maury, the mill manager. What's worse? <laughs> Wearing a random sports jersey from a sport or team not involved in the game or wearing a Safeway hat in Save-On? Okay, so someone on Twitter has already found a Safeway hat. I need one. I How do you get one? And I need to go into Save On Foods. No, no, the Save On Foods suite. Yes. And walk in there and I was like, oh, wow. This, been a this sa- would be like always a, been a Safeway It's guy. like a lane wearing the Orioles hat in the owner's box in Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. There's well, no Safeway used to anymore, a- though. That's my only concern is it's not a competition anymore. There's no Safeway anymore? They got rid of them. They're now Fresh Co. What? What? They're Safeway. Well, safe- they're, they're starting to phase there's them out. There's a Safeway out, across the street from my house. Are, are they, yeah. Isn't the company starting to phase them out? I, I think there's I a... I think there's I a... There's a lot of them still. There's, I think there's a transition phase yeah. going on. I think they're going away, though. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, well, that makes the hat even more valuable. Right. Right? Brand awareness and legacy is do a you big guys thing. Have, do you guys have brand loyalty to grocery stores? No. Not a one. Not sort of Costco. I was always a Woodward's man. No. I'll go. I yeah. No, I don't have a single Everyone one. on the island. IGA. Yeah, <laughs> Costco man. Costco. I never understand that. There is a uh, a cult around stongs. Yeah, but that's Shorty will tell you about stongs and yeah, Denver. but that's more of like a West Side Vancouver type thing because there's not a lot of stongs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But to me, like I can't, and there'll be a lot of people chiming in about the differences between Save On and Safeway and IGA and whatever the Megalomart. I don't even know, but. I've never looked at it in that scope before. Like, mm-hmm. I, why would I care um, about some of them like, have better deals? I think, but I think. but I would just go to the one with the better deal. Yeah, yeah. Safeway uh, is a great place to go if you want to spend sixty dollars on like three things. I just don't understand why you'd have. You think Safeway is too expensive? It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Is the is the grocery expensive. store just not the vessel to get the stuff that you want? Like. They're not making any. They're not growing the produce. I think you you can have like a collection of grocery stores in your head. Like I go to this grocery store for that, and I go to some grocery stores. You go into their produce section, and you're like, are you guys even trying here? Even uh, no frills like, is expensive. It's just frills now. It's like it's pricey. 
I don't go to no it's frills. It's just frills. Uh, lots, right. lots of frills. <laughs> Should I try no frills? Is it worth it? it I yeah, mean, it, at one point it. pre-pandemic, like what's there worth was, getting there? Don't expect any frills. Um, like <laughs> the most, the basic essentials can be quite cheap. Right. I miss the Ontario grocery chains, like, like Longos mm, and okay. Sobies. Loblaws. Uh, blah blah blahs. Lo- they have loblaws here. That's true. I guess they yeah. do. Yeah. All right. Uh, a bylo. I'm a big bi- bylo guy. I'm, I'm going to be a bylo nice. guy now. Try and save. Jay texts in. Okay, let's stop this. Jay texts in. Ask us anything. How many touches and yards will Chase Claypool get in his first game with the Miami Dolphins? I mean, it's a good question, right? Because he wasn't happy with this situation in Chicago. Are we going to safely assume that he's not playing this weekend? Considering the game is like forty-eight hours away, probably not going to play this weekend. But he might be in a situation where he's like, I don't know. How many receivers would Tua look for before Chase Claypool? Well, let's see. The receiving leaders thus far, Tyreek Hill, number one, Jalen Waddell, number two, Braxton Berrios, nice little slot receivers, the mm-hmm. number three. And like, then does he get he, in for every snap even? You know, no, you never know, right? No. I mean, with the amount of weapons that they have, right, because they also throw to their running backs, not a ton, but enough. Mostert mm-hmm. catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. Claypool is going – well, the other thing with Claypool is he's got a bit of a – image rehabilitation issue that he has to work on. His stock could not be lower. There are yeah. questions about his give-a-crap meter. Totally. So yeah. he's going to have to work to rebuild that. He's going to have to work to learn this offense, which is a timing and pattern offense. I mean, it's not... Yeah, they play the deep ball, but the goal is to hit guys in stride. And he's going to have to work because there's three receivers there that already had a good comfort level with Tua. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of an impact this is going to make. I think it's a headline grabber, especially locally because of the ties to Abbott. Totally, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's actually going to play out to be like a huge move for the Dolphins in terms of putting them over well, the top. Well, it needs to be a huge move for his career because if he if he doesn't have success in Miami, then people are like, well, like he's already bottom line is he's, he's already going, cost the Bears some draft capital. Yeah, and bottom line is he's going to the best offense in the NFL. Yeah. Also, I just I get do, open. I got to say something. They dropped them from the lineup. And <laughs> whether it's fair or not, the Bears have put up crazy offensive numbers in those two weeks. Justin Fields looked like a totally different quarterback. Their, la- Their yeah. offense looks like a totally different. Their offense. last two weeks have been very encouraging, even though they lost to the Broncos last week. Yeah, they were all over the commanders. They look like a capable football team. They they even looked like an exciting football team last night on Thursday night football. A lot of, um, sorry, did you want to go? Did you have one? No, 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 go ahead. A lot of ask us anything's about Thanksgiving dinner. A lot. And we've fielded these before, but I feel like it's important because it's the one thing that kind of ties us together this weekend, right? Everyone's going to be having some semblance of a Thanksgiving dinner. That's, and that's why they're weighing in with it. Uh, someone asked what's more vital to the entire dinner. A really good gravy or really good mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Oh, man. Yeah, you could have great mashed potatoes. important. You could have great mashed potatoes without great gravy, but you can't just sip on a cup of gravy. Well, I guess you yeah. could. You, you can't could. sip on a cup of gravy. It has to be a like cup of gravy, please. Oh, delicious. Mm-hmm. I think it's the gravy because I think the gravy would mask more mediocre food than the mashed potatoes. Well, I think we're under the assumption that all the food's going to be good, though. You can't be do, under that do assumption. You, do you like a simple mashed potatoes? Sometimes you just kind of jazz them up a little right, bit. Like right, like herbs and garlic butter and yeah, a little Borison, oh, yeah, Borison jazz, mixed in to make them creamier. Jazz them mm. up, man. Um, jazz them up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Uh, like, well, another I, text was like, if you could only eat one meal, part of the meal from Thanksgiving for the rest of your life, what would it be? And right away I was like, oh, it's mashed potatoes. It's I demand, be. like, aggressively mashed potatoes. Yeah, like, get the when mixer you're, out. When you're, when you're, 
the mixer out, or if you're like it's pretty much your like hand mixer, no lumps, yeah, like you, no lumps. you just keep going, and then you're like, should I mash them some more? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the answer is always yes. It has to be liquid potatoes, please. Sometimes you'll be like, I want them so mashed. I don't even waste of my that. time. It's like going to no frills. These are yeah. no frills mashed potatoes. All I see are frills. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg is disgusting. Yeah. I don't want to go to Winnipeg. Nobody wants to go to Winnipeg. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.